0: welcome everybody back to Friar talk today we're going to break down this rocky series talk a little bit about the upcoming week and kind of get into all the questions that you guys have about this team um i think it was a good a good showing this weekend um i see people in the comments talking about like rocky series doesn't mean that much or are not that good of a team um and i kind of wrote in the as a title for this video or or podcast whichever way you're listening probably are starting to heat up after a series win against the rockies and i don't really mean just this series in specific but I would say overall the offense has looked a lot better and we can start looking at, you know, offensive numbers, but two, three weeks ago, it was really rough. And in the last week or so it was super up and down where it was seven runs a game, one run, eight runs, one run, six runs, one run. And then over the last like five games, we've seen them a little bit more consistent. So I I think that's the big thing. Uh, Isaac Chase and I, we were all talking about it this team has been so good at the pitching front that if their hitting is average they're a top team in the league that's how good their pitching has been early on um and i think that's kind of it's so basically the question is is their hitting are, are the bats going to wake up are they going to improve um i s- still think that either way if you're looking at this team and it's in the season and they're in a fifth or a sixth wild card te- spot that's still disappointing like we can admit that that's still disappointing. This team had way higher expectations, but the thing is you get to the playoffs. It doesn't really matter because then it's just disappointing if you get knocked out. So that's kind of where we're at with this team. But you know, right now you're sitting two and a half games out of wild card spot. And I don't think you could have had a worse start offensively to a team man. Yep. I just see this right here. Preston just said it right here. And looking better and it's really going to prove the offensive output. hundred percent. Xander Bogarts is getting a little bit healthy, uh, Jake Cronenworth had a good game on Friday. Uh, you know, Fernando's been a beast. Soto's been a little bit like a little, little slump lately, but he's been pretty good for the most part. Um, but you have Manny Machado wake up and you have everyone healthy and, and the offense already gets so much better. Uh, not to mention Gary Sanchez, who literally flipped the catcher position single-handedly, which is, it's crazy, but both offensively and defensively. Like Gary's been a good defensive catcher, which is really odd to say just because of, Kind of the the whole part of his beginning, the the whole beginning of his career was so much about like, this guy is so bad behind the plate. So still some issues. Still a lot of question marks with this ball club. But overall, I I think I'm a lot happier right now than where I was uh, at least a few weeks ago. And and this isn't just the Rocky series. This is the last few series as well, um, even with a little bit of the inconsistencies. But Isaac, how are you feeling overall? Like, do you feel the same way that I'm feeling right now?
1: I think they're starting to look a lot better at the plate. Uh, we, what's not what, what I think is going to go overlooked from the series is that okay, we lost five to four on a walk off. Right, Juan Soto hit a ball in the first inning that would have been a home run in every single park except for in Colorado. That makes it now a tied ball game in the bottom of the ninth. Now it's bases loaded, Juan Soto up again, and he hits a pisser up the middle. It's a little bit of a shift, but he hits it right at someone. Normally that ball gets through. That's two runs. Probably would have won that ball game. It was just that's the thing with baseball, man. Is is a lot of luck. And yes, a lot of these hitters are just good, but they're a lot of what you do at the play also involves quite a bit of luck trying to just find the holes. And he wasn't able to hit. Unfortunately, he didn't find the hole. I see JDS third said Juan was two for 13 and two for 14 in the series. Well, he also had a few, I think he had a ball the game before that also was like it would have been a home run in half of the ballparks in the league it's just unlucky there was some some uh some at bats where the ball didn't go down or the ball didn't go the way you know it didn't what am i trying to say i'm trying to say it didn't go down it didn't go the way that statistically it should have so um yeah, I mean, there was just a few opportunities that weren't ca- that we didn't cash in, whether it be because of strikeouts or because, uh, you know, a batted ball wasn't wasn't was hit right at someone. But I thought the Padres at the plate looked good. I know they only put up three runs against Denelson Lamette, but realistically, should have been five or six. I thought they still looked good against him. Um, what really killed us was when the Rockies came in. In the, in the last game, they came in and shut down. like They got like 13 or 15 in a row out. Not a single guy on base for those 13 to 15 in a row, and that's what killed the Padres in that, in that last game. Three runs the day before, it was good to see the pitching um, do their thing, and then what was it, like 10 runs a game before? I think the offense is looking better, and I know it's not like some sort of great thing to be able to take two or three from the Rockies, but we also – have had a lot of misfortune against the rockies it was it was quite fortunate that we were able to leave with two games in hand so um yeah this is a big week for the padres They face the guardians and the rays uh the guardians obviously haven't been having the best season i don't know how they look lately i know they've they've had a few clutch hits lately but um the rays are obviously one of the best teams in baseball and it's gonna be a tough test for the Padres. So we see we'll see how they hold up this week. But I'm, I'm still feeling a little optimistic. Two and a half games back. This Padres fans treating it like we're eight games back. And that's just not the case. And we're still, you know, trying to trying to find our groove. But once we find our groove, have that one that one or two hot months in a row, you know, something like that, this team's gonna be hopefully another 90 win, 89 win team. And we can, yeah, you know, fifth, sixth seed, like you said, Matt. It's not something we want. But once you get to the playoffs, it doesn't really matter what seed you are. Now it's a whole new season. So, um, I mean, yeah, let, let's see. Let's see how they do this week, and it's gonna be a week by week thing, man. Because we need them to get hot here soon.
0: and I think also looking up ahead into the Guardian series as well. Just like you're talking about the offense and whatnot, the the Guardian series is gonna be a pretty good litmus test, just because you got basically the three aces or two of the aces, but you got Bieber uh Savale, and then you got dude i didn't realize logan allen is on that team i totally forgot i think what trade was he a part of i'm trying to remember sorry i muted you isaac do you remember what do you remember what trade he was a part of because he's, he's fishing with, on uh thursday
1: he's with uh he's with the guardians
0: yeah i we traded him? them there
1: i'm pretty sure I'm going to look this up right now. Was that a three-team trade with – is that a different Logan Allen? It could be.
0: It could be. Yeah, never mind. This is a Logan Allen that they started. Okay. Complete. I mean, I guess it's a pretty common name, right? Yeah. Logan Allen Allen. Yeah, but he's had a good year, too. I mean, he's a young pitcher. He has a 3-3. So everyone that you have is like two ERAs, three ERAs pretty pretty good group of pitchers also that's just like what the guardians organization has consistently done is just pump out high-end starters over and over and over and then they get rid of them like clevenger and then they're not as good elsewhere um so it's a it's a good test i'm, I'm excited to see and then on the padre side too it, it's it should be a lo- this should be a relatively low scoring series actually like so this is one like if the offense doesn't go out there and explode it's not really a, a spot to freak out about it um Oh, Beaver's not pitching. Never mind. It's not him. I don't, I thought I saw he was it's on.
1: Uh, it's T. Bibby. I don't know who that is. Savali. Hmm. I, I don't know.
0: Savali, I think, yeah.
1: And then Logan Allen. They each, they're all around a three or lower ERA. Yeah,
0: they're all doing pretty well. I thought it was, B- I read it wrong. Long. Um. Yeah, and then for us, it's pretty good too. You got Musgrove, Waka, and Darvish. So it's three pitcher, three, three guys versus three guys have all pitched really well this year. Um, so I mean, this is one you want to take, you want to win this series. Then you got the Rays. You want to win the Rays series. You're a little bit unlucky because you just have your best three pitchers going before that. But Blake Snell, we didn't even get to talk about him. He, He pitched in the loss. Of course, Blake Snell pitches in the loss, but he's an absolute monster. Goes seven innings, strikes out 12, looks like a beast. Um, it, dude, I swear, dude. Whatever it is, if Blake Snell no pitches, he just can't get a win. He doesn't get he any out. run support. None. And well, he got it. The bullpen just blew the bullpen it
1: that game. Just goes to shit. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be exciting though this whole week. And I think it was good. I think JDS said earlier, like this is a good test this week. I mean, I think it is. I think it's a good one. I don't know yeah. who's gonna be pitching for Tampa quite yet, but that should be a fun week in the series. I mean, is Tampa? Do they still hold the best record in the league?
1: I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do. they were so hot that I would assume so.
0: They're hot right now. They've won ten out of uh, eight out of their last ten right now. Holy currently, shit. dude. Yeah,
1: they're dude. They're balling. This is a bad time to run into them. Minutes.
0: Yeah. So it'll be a good one. I'm I'm excited for that. But I mean, overall, looking at the lineup, um, I saw some people talking a bit. I think it was uh, Jaron said earlier. Who was it? He said that he would like to see Gary Sanchez moved a little bit down the order and have Bogarts come back up to hitting cleanup. What do you think about that? What are you kind of looking at right now in terms of like starters and stuff? Um, Also with Gary Sanchez, him hitting well, I've noticed that they've been hitting him. They've been having him DH a little bit. And obviously Nola like has to start sometimes, but what do you think about that?
1: Right now, the way Gary Sanchez is hitting, I do like him in the cleanup spot. Uh, He does provide a lot of power, so. And Fernando and Soto, they've been getting on a lot. Machado has over a 900 OPS in his last seven games. And and with the way Gary Sanchez is hitting, he has the ability to clean up all the bases. So um, I think he's perfect in that cleanup spot, as long as he's hitting this way. If not, obviously move him down. But the way he's hitting right now, yeah, I really do like him in that spot. Uh, Xander Bogarts, he just, I mean, I understand he was nursing a, a wrist injury, but he didn't really look good in that spot. I, if I were to choose, I would like for him to bat first or fifth right now, um, and then if when Gary Sanchez cools off, you can put Xander Bogart back in that in that cleanup spot. But as of, as of right now, I think the top five, are, they they should be locked in as long as Gary Sanchez is hot. Um, Jake Cronenworth got his OPS up. Uh, I, I want to say he was like a, at a 708 at one point during the third during the last game. I'm not sure where he's at right now, but uh, his OPS was up. 20 to 30 points. Um, what was your, your other question? Was I'm trying to remember.
0: I was also just wondering, what do you think about the DH spot? Because I see people talking about Cruz. Mm.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, do you Cruz do is going to come back. He, um, he, I think he went like four for 12 in AAA, I want to say. Um, and keep in mind, playing in El Paso is almost like – or even worse than playing in Colorado. So four for 12 is not impressive there but what do you do there when gary's catching you got to probably throw carp in there i mean you got to probably do the same thing right you got to keep going cruising carp unfortunately because what else can you do right and then when gary's not can't not catch when gary's not catching you throw him in a dh and then you have nola oh my god something's got to be done we got to add another hitter So, because you really can't afford to have Cruz, Carp, and or Cruz slash Carp and Nola in your lineup because those two are black holes. Like it's not even like a one in a million chance, or it's not even like a oh he's not that bad. It's not only are these guys horrible at defense, but they are black holes in the lineup. They don't do you anything. Carpenter had a few like one or two solid hits in this series, Um, but. Yeah, I mean something's got to be done because maybe just filling that DH spot.
0: Yeah, and I feel like, um, like with the DH spot too, it's like I don't really have a lot of confidence in Matt Carpenter. Like, if you go and you go and look at Matt Carpenter's numbers, like this was probably the most agree- everyone wants to talk about. Like, oh, you know, we shouldn't have paid Xander Bogart all that money. We should have got depth. We should have got whatever. I mean, the Padres still went out and signed guys for depth. It wasn't like they just like ignored that and didn't add anyone. They did. They just seems like they added the wrong guys. And Carp has a fat ass deal, dude. If we look at Carp's, I think I did this before, but let's see. From twenty nineteen through twenty twenty one, he had nine hundred plate appearances, and in those nine hundred plate appearances, he posted a two hundred batting average and a 671 OPS in 900 plate appearances. And then last year, I don't know if you've seen his spray chart, Isaac, his Yankee spray chart, probably half of his, his hits are home runs over the short porch. Like half of them. Like that was what he did. And he had, what was it? 128 at bats. And then Preller said, bet that's who he is i'm gonna take the 120 at-bats over the 900 at-bats of him before showing that he was a very below average hitter that can't play any positions really besides first base at this point and not exceptionally well or anything special and they were like that's our that's our dh and i was like all right i don't really know about him being our dh then they signed cruz and it's like okay they also got cruz so they got two of these older guys one of them should pan out Right, that's the thought process. The difference is, is carpenter's on a two-year deal making like over six mil or right around six million. Nelson Cruz is on a one-year contract for a million dollars. Like Nelson Cruz's deal isn't really like it doesn't really matter. It's not like it's like you're investing in this guy. It's just like oh, if you cut him, you cut him. It's like we've seen a bunch of guys get contracts that are like you know five hundred thousand to a million and a half that don't even really materialize in anyone or into anything. But the carpenter deal hurts, dude, because. He's going to opt into that deal. There's no question about it. And there's no one that wants to trade for Matt Carpenter because the deal doesn't make any sense. So that's the one where it really hurts. I don't even know if they're going to DFA him. Like, they, they probably should. So it's just like, it's that is a really bad situation. And one thing I wonder if this happens is, right now you have Gary Sanchez basically filling in that DH spot. And every once in a while, someone else fills it in. When you're looking at the depth for this team, if Luis Campusano comes back and he's hitting well, it makes more sense to rotate your two catchers between catcher and DH, which is usually an absolutely awful idea because catchers just don't hit that well. But if you look at their numbers compared to what Cruz and Carpenter are probably going to put up, that's probably going to end up being better. So I think you're going to have to add someone, but like, dude, I really hope that the trade deadline does not pass and we're sitting here with Carpenter and Cruz at DH because, like, based on Carpenter's numbers, he shouldn't really improve. This is who he is. This is who he has been the last three years outside of playing in the best possible spot for him and having 100 at-bats and, like, kind of raking for a little bit. So it's tough, man. I mean, and also, like, that's your DH spot, dude. That's when That's where you need to have slug. We always talk about this team, like, they need to have more slug. They need to be able to bring more guys in. Um, I saw it earlier. Every time Austin Nola plays, the bases are loaded for him. Dude, it's true. When he came up in, in a Saturday's game, I was like, Austin Nola, all you need to do right now, bro, is walk. And he walked. And the Padres won basically because Austin Nola did not get out with runners in scoring position and then Tatis came in and, and drove him in. Like, that's what you're rooting for. You're not rooting for the man to get a hit. You're rooting for him to get a walk. That is a That is an issue. Like, and it's not like that with just him. It's like that with, with a- any of the three guys at the bottom of the order when it's those DHs. And you have to have a better DH. So that's something I'm really interested to see. But what do you think about the idea? I feel like that's very unusual to have a catcher DH kind of split like that. But you think you have to do that when Campy comes back?
1: You, I mean, you got to do everything you can to get Nola out of your lineup, right? The, the way I see it is I saw Nola hit a ball in the air to the left fielder and I thought oh my god outside of the Mexico game I think that's the furthest ball he's hit this year because he did, I mean he did, how often does he get the ball to the outfield in the air like almost none it's like 5 10% of the time it doesn't really feel like it so uh you really got to get that get that guy out of your lineup it's a dead hole he doesn't provide any power if you got runners on bases loaded not only are the odds insanely high that he's going to get out. But let's say he does get a hit. Odds are it's just like a ground ball through the 5-6 hole. Nothing crazy. You know, he doesn't have the ability to put the game away or to bring in all three runs or to hit a grand slam. He doesn't have any ability to do that. So in my opinion, with him having no type of value at the plate and no type of value behind the plate, it feels like this guy is a prime get him off your roster candidate, DFA, whatever it is. You got to get him off. I don't know if he still has options. Maybe that's an option, but um, he needs to be off your roster. And it's kind of weird the way I I, I look at the Xander Bogarts deal and I really like Bogarts, but then you look at it and you think, Hey, you know, maybe we could have had a Bellinger or, you know, something like that. Um, gotten like a center fielder, traded Trent Grisham. Apparently there was some sort of, everyone talks about it. There was some sort of trade for Luis Arias that included Trent Grisham. Apparently, I don't know how true it is, but let's say that would have went through Grisham and prospects for Luis Arias. Now you got Soto, Bellinger, Tatis, Machado, Kim, Cronenworth, Arias. And I think that sounds a lot better than what we got right now. Maybe, I mean, you still would have had an extra few million to go get a better DH than Carp and Cruz. They got total what this year 7 million. So let's say you get belly for 18. You have an extra 7 lying around. So they got they got 7, you get an extra 7, so you got 14 mil to spend on a DH. That probably ends up being a much better DH than the platoon that we got right now. And uh the lineup just suddenly looks that much better. But I mean, that's past. That's that's I'm sorry, that's past. That's the past. Can only focus on what we have now. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the only we we know what has to get fixed at the deadline. Something's got to be done about the outfield situation and something's got to be done about DH. We're hoping that Camposano stays healthy and that he's actually good or at least better than Nola. That way we don't have to try and acquire a catcher because we need to focus our attention on trying to get Grisham into either a platoon or out of the lineup and trying to get Cruz and Carpenter out of the lineup as frequent as possible. I think something that really helped the Padres last year was their ability to, you know, uh, platoon, Bell, Drury, Myers, those three guys in particular. In the playoffs, being able to platoon those guys was huge because they weren't bad defensively, and at the plate, they also weren't as bad as the, the guys that we're talking about right now, Cruz, Carp, and Nola. I mean, Drury, Bell, and Myers is in an insanely big upgrade over those guys. So I don't know, you know, um, something's got to be done about that lineup, particularly those two spots. What will be done? We don't know. We know that the Cubs are going to be in sell mode. Um, Chase and I talked about it recently. We forgot forgot who we were talking. I mean, I know we talked about Bellinger. Chase talked about Hap. We don't think Hap is a possibility. Uh, I forgot the other guys we talked about, but. Maybe adding a first baseman will be good. Um, but there's a few different routes that the Padres can go. The pitching's fine. It doesn't look like the Padres are gonna need a pitcher. The bullpen's fine. I don't think they'll need a bullpen arm. I mean, we know we know what they have to improve. We know what they have to fix. Hopefully we can get. I don't know, I don't really know if I want to say this because if Trent Grisham gets hot for a certain period of time, then they might think we don't need an outfielder anymore. But we also need to win. So we're hoping one of these guys gets hot. And um, yeah, we can talk about the whole financial thing that's going on that AC wrote about.
0: Yeah, dude, I I see all the comments about that. It's, it's interesting. So real quick, just to to go over what you're saying, I I do think it is interesting with the lineup because like if catchers, okay, then, and, and everyone's healthy. You're really looking at your only weak spots Producing wise, your only weak spots producing wise are first base, center field, and that and DH. Those are the yeah. three spots. Um, I would find it hard. I, I don't think that first base is going to change. I think it's going to be Cronenworth at first, and so I think it's going to be Kim at second. I don't think that'll change. So, you're looking at upgrading DH, which is the easiest thing to upgrade outside of relief pitcher, <laughs> it's the yeah. easiest thing. Um, and then Grish which i don't think they're going to get rid of either i don't either or even if you just add a dh it's still going to help your offense a lot so and if you don't have nolan you have campy and gary sanchez at catch dude if you would have said that like 3 years ago especially like with how bad they were both at like defensively it would have been like oh my god that's going to be really really bad but gary sanchez is all right defensively and he's been like that the last couple of years somehow bro somehow cuz it was rough when he was a yankee um, but in terms of, okay, in terms of the financial stuff, everyone keeps bringing out a AC has an article, right? And, and I wanted to, I was hoping we were going to get a video out and we just ended up not being able to, um, maybe we'll put something else. Like I'll, I'll do like a short or something about this a little bit, like more detail, but to get some specifics, but yeah, I mean that, that became a talking point last week. The Padres are in a, they have a financial problem. AC basically reports this first off. I don't really take anything that AC says that seriously. He also said that there was like that they weren't going to get Soto and they weren't gonna they weren't gonna sign someone, bro. Was it both? Yeah,
1: they had a spending limit in the off season, Blah blah blah.
0: Like stuff that just has never been accurate. And since we've been doing our channel, AC is a person that we've consistently been like, yeah, we'll see if AC's right, and then the opposite happens. Like so many. Ca- Remember Hosmer wasn't going to get traded? You guys remember that? Like a million times. Hosmer's off at they they're not and then they then they basically DFA him, bro. Like so no, AC's been wrong over and over again. However, it's not a secret that the Padres don't that they are not a profitable team. That's not a secret. That that was known at the end of last year. They lost like I think it was between 100 and 200 million. So like you know they they made like 700 mil or something and then they lost like 900 over like with you when you add up everything like in terms of profits and losses something like that i think it was roughly like around ballpark 100 million dollars that's not a surprise the only difference is that they went even more all in and aj peller came out and dished out some big contracts dished out the uh the bogart's contract you know signed some other guys added some stuff and now the Padres are sitting at, what, $273 million payroll. They're not in a spot where it's going to be a problem and they're going to blow it up. I think this is basically a, hey, if the Padres don't make the playoffs or are disappointed, disappointing, they're going to fire AJ Preller and retool. And I think that's clear as day. And basically, my takeaway is if they don't win, Preller is screwed. If they do win winning cures everything because what is peter seiler said over and over again he doesn't care if he makes money off the team all he wants to do is have the team win that is his goal that is his motive so if they don't win it means that Preller is gone if they do win then these problems are fake problems again because that's how we were all talking about the last like two three years besides ac bro besides ac that was that was my takeaway from it
1: i mean i feel like it's pretty clear that they give him wrong information. I also feel like it's clear that they don't like AC. Manny's interaction with Manny definitely doesn't like AC. Um, the rest of the players probably don't really like AC. AJ probably definitely doesn't like AC. I feel like it's a very obvious thing that they give him fake news. They Somebody gives him fake stuff because I can only think of maybe a handful of times that AC has been right. However, like Matt said, yeah, it's not it's not it's not. A secret that the Padres aren't making—they're not making any money. They're losing money. Um, but Peter Sather said he, he doesn't really care about profits. He's trying to make the Padres a, a bigger brand than what they are now, and uh, inv- he's investing in the team so that way he can create more of a. Because I mean, you really think about it—the Padres up until up until even now, they weren't really like a commodity outside of San Diego. Now you got. of baseball's eyes on the padres that's what he wants he wants all eyes on the padres and he's doing that knowing like yeah i'm gonna lose money but i want to create a brand as big as the and maybe it won't happen but he wants to create a brand like the dodgers like the yankees um and he knows the only way that he's gonna be able to do that is by putting in winning teams so um yeah he's forking out money to try and put a winning product on the field to be able to build a brand as big as those brands um or as those organizations And it's not working right now, but we also don't know how it's going to look by the end of the season. This could be something that we don't even care about by the end of the season. So um, I'm not going to worry about it. It's not my money. It's not. And maybe it does affect the Padres in terms of like, oh, um, they're not going to have money to spend in the future, but we just got to see what happens because at the end of the season, it's going to be a real like eye opener. This is a huge season for the Padres. If they don't win, not the whole thing, but if they don't, at least get to the NLCS again or win the world series. I wouldn't say they're going to blow it up, but I don't think we're going to be as excited next year with the team that they're going to put on the field. Um, I also think, yeah, AJ probably would probably be gone, um, which means someone else would come in and and the players would have to adapt to someone else. We don't know what favorites there's going to be, but um yeah, we just have to wait till the end of the season to see how everything goes because, like Matt said, winning does cure everything. And if we do end up winning or even going back to the NLCS, it's going to be a pretty happy crowd. It's going to be pretty happy people. So no one's going to care about that. The brand is still going to be establishing itself. Everyone's There's going to be a packed fan fest again. There's going to be high jersey sales. Tatis is going to be probably one of the biggest jerseys in all of baseball again. Same thing with Soto. Um, You know, so... It's more about the long game than it is the short game for Peter Seidler.
0: Yeah, I see this one right here? So it wasn't even that much. I thought it was a hundred. I don't know why I thought it was a hundred. Fifty-five yes. million in t- in twenty twenty-two. He's worth
1: three billion.
0: Well, he has so so a little bit of details. Peter Seidler owns a private equity firm that he started in the early nineties. That's worth three point five billion dollars. That's how much he owns of it. Three point five billion. So he has all that. Not to mention, when he bought the Padres, when like, or when he like became part of the ownership in 2012, Padres were worth $800 million. They are now, I think this is as like 2020. Dude, I think this might be like not even like that recent, so this might even not be that accurate. They're now worth $1.7 billion. So they've over doubled in a 10-year period. So losing $55 million, that's a that's a win. You could lose 55 million every year and you would still be increasing your value about $500 million in that span. So if they lose a hundred million dollars for every year, over 10 years and have the same growth they just did, they're breaking even. So like, no, that's fine. And not to mention like he can always, I mean, it's obviously it's his money. I mean, I think he understands How he's working his money a little bit. Exactly. We don't know anything. Like I mean, shoot, dude. I went to business school and I couldn't tell you a single thing about what he's doing with his money. We
1: know nothing like he does, bro. So I don't understand. Like, I don't think there should be too many questions.
0: Yeah, I did see so I did see a comment about here. Where was it? Where was it? Um, Arthur says they could win and still give Preller the boot. Now. I do think there maybe is a little bit more, like, legitimacy to this now that this article comes out and that this is kind of, like, on the horizon of, like, all right, there's, like, some problems. You've seen some stuff that Soto says. Not only could this happen, but also if they have to pick, just because there's been some weird stuff with Soto, if they had to pick Soto or AJ, are they taking Soto? I think they're taking Soto, bro. I think they value the players more than they would value AJ Preller.
1: Hell yeah! Well, Soto, Soto literally is the product.
0: I think it's weird though because I, I think a lot of organizations wouldn't do that.
1: I mean, it, it kind of depends, you know, because some organizations are like, "Ah, screw the player. We have this head coach that that you know has a winning mm-hmm. has a winning track record, or this general manager that shows that he can put new players on the field and and they develop in his organization." Has AJ earned that? No, it's not like. It's not like yeah we'll lose Juan Soto, but we trust AJ to be able to put a new guy on the field, uh, a new guy that can hit an 850 OPS, 900 OPS for cheap. We trust him to do that. Has he shown that? Right. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's really shown that. So, um, you know, with that, when it comes to all of that, yeah, AJ. Of course, you're gonna have to. When it comes to picking, you have to pick the player that has a proven track record of, of success, over the general manager or the president of the baseball operations that does not have a proven track record of putting, of developing, and putting those players on the field.
0: Yeah. So, seeing here, yeah. I I see. I don't know. It's just interesting to see what they would do. I am really fascinated to see like what happens this offseason and stuff too. Um, obviously more excited with the team right now, but just this kind of stuff just made our, like us talk about it too, like in our own like chat and stuff, just like about where this team's at and stuff. So, it's it's a very interesting scenario. Um, yeah, yeah Isaac. What else? What else? Team wise, get away from the financial stuff. I feel like we kind of we covered that pretty decently. Um, yeah. What else, team wise? What What are you looking at? What are you looking forward to this next week?
1: I, I want to see Manny Machado keep it up. Uh, he has over nine hundred OPS in his last seven games, and uh, the Padres are what? What's the record in June? I think they're six and four in June. Um, by the end of the week, hopefully, we're looking at ten and no, not ten. Yeah, hopefully, we're looking at like ten and six by the end of the week. Obviously, Guardians Rays. That's a uh, that's at least one of those really tough matchup. The pitching for the for the like, Guardians is pretty good. Um, hopefully, we're looking at ten and six after this. Um, but I really do think the Padres ride at, or go as Manny goes. So with Manny having over nine hundred OPS in his last seven games, I mean, Fernando's gotten his OPS up a bunch of points too. Especially in this past series, he looked amazing. Um, Soto's cooling off a little bit, but it's not to the point where. I'm not excited to see Juan Soto at the plate in the current moment. He's still doing okay. And uh, I know someone said he went two for 14 in the – my bad. He went two for 14 in the series, but he also had a few balls that just didn't go his way. Uh, so that's three hitters right at the top of the lineup that I think have been pretty solid. Jake Cronin, we're starting to, to come around a little bit. Um. So th- those are guys off the top of my head that I'm excited to see. Um, hopefully keep it up because they're going to be crucial in terms of keeping up with – the Rays lineup and putting up runs on that guard on that guardians pitching staff. Um, but like I said, we go as Manny goes as long as Manny's going, I, I feel confident that the Padres are going to win some ball games. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he continues. Another thing I'll be looking forward to is seeing how the hell the Padres bounce back at home because they have not been a good team at home. When you think about a home field advantage, that's supposed to be a thing where, you know, your ballpark, you know, the dimensions, you know, everything. And, um, you're hoping that that ends up being the advantage for your team. But as far as the Padres' home field advantage goes, there really is none right now because they, for some reason, cannot hit Petco Park, and they continuously lose and lose because they're putting up one, two, maximum three runs. And, uh, I mean, I think they're one of the worst home teams in baseball right now. So how the Padres perform at home from this point on, That's something I'm interested in, also.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you saw the graphic. It was up here a while back. Um, Basically, it was talking about how the Padres, if you, this was like a while back, it came up. The Padres' numbers at home, like if you take like their WRC plus and you take their like ERA and stuff like that, it's actually pretty good. Like it's above average and like it looks pretty good, but then the record's not. There, really, really strange. Just like if you just took the numbers in a hole, it would show that you're like winning probably 60% of your games because that's where you're ranking, right? No, they're like not close to that. So it was pretty crazy. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting where it's like kind of like because we always talk about, that, especially like. Yeah, don't freak out about, like, the record and stuff. Like, you you more want to see, like, how the team's, like, performing-wise. That's, like, for instance, like, Soto going two for 14. Doesn't tell the whole story if you absolutely destroyed four of their baseballs and they were out because you're still hitting the ball well. That's why I think about the past, maybe, like, up until, like, a week ago, for, like, that month before that, it was kind of like we were like, yeah, this team does not look good. They look terrible. And that's why it was, I was—I feel like we were talking about the Potters in a much different vein of like, yeah, they're not looking good. Let's hope that they adjust, but forget the record. Like they're hanging in there record wise, but they're looking so bad. So that was kind of, I don't know. I think it's interesting with like how it's all gone. Um, I did want to bring up one more thing before we take off though. I don't know if it was you, Isaac, or if it was Chase. One of you guys sent in the group chat. Fernando Tatis obviously missed the, the 20 games this season. He has eight defensive runs saved in right field. The next leading player, the next leading NL outfielder is sitting at five. It's over. Like, Tatis is an outfielder. Now, I think the only question now is, is Tatis a right fielder or a center fielder? But Tatis has been playing outfield this long and has already shown that hes he is probably going to win the gold glove. That is something that I feel like we have not... We talked about it a little bit, like we have, but like that is unbelievable to have a position like basically one season and go, not until like, oh, he's pretty good, going to elite fielding status immediately right off the rip. So I did want to bring up that. I think that is crazy. Um, Do you think Tatis makes the All-Stars? Probably. Yeah. I think think probably.
1: He's sixth in All-Star voting voting right now, which I think – he would be an all-star right now, um, but yeah, I mean, at this rate, the way he's been playing up to this point, he's an all-star. No matter, I think that's a for sure thing. Um, and you consider his competition out in right field for the NL. It's it's Mookie Betts, it's Ronald Acuna Jr. He's already put up. I mean, two of the most important defensive stats, he has already put up better numbers than two those two, and those two are supposed to be really good gloves out in right field. Fernando looks better than both of them. And I know it was like a little rocky at first, his routes to the ball and his reads, but I mean, I think he looks phenomenal out there. He looks, there was a a play out in right field, I think it was yesterday, where it was a ball that looked like it was going to fall and he just snagged it at the last second. And I thought, wow, like, I didn't think he would be this good of an outfielder, but it seems like nothing falls whenever there's a ball hit out to Tatis. So he looks like an all star, first team like caliber right fielder. He looks amazing out there. Um It's unfortunate that he missed 20 games because you can, I can only imagine how many more outs above average or defensive runs saved he'd have if he played those 20 extra games. I mean, he already has what 12 or 13 home runs and that's missing 20 games. They, I think he leads the Padres. So can you imagine with those extra 20 games? We're probably talking about a, a top five MVP candidate right now. And even with his numbers right now, maybe not at the plate, which are consistently going up for him, but um, we're probably talking a top five MVP candidate based off numbers alone because he looks that good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but he he had an amazing series in Colorado, and we're looking. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how he carries it over to this week because it's a really big week. So we're gonna need him. Um, but Soto is, I believe, third or fourth in All Star voting. Um, somehow austin nola is in at the very bottom of all-star voting but for some reason he's in uh manny's fifth and third base which Wait, we know what? what
0: what do you say about nola
1: nola is right there he's in like he's getting all-star votes he's like top 10 or like top 12 yeah something like that um good job padres fans i guess manny's fifth which we know is also kind of weird uh Xander's third in short stops. Um yeah, man. So I don't know how they're getting all these all-star votes. The only ones that I think are warranted are uh Soto and Toddy, but um oh, yeah, hopefully they have a hot week, man. They they need to hopefully they're able to leave this week 10 and 6 in the month of June.
0: Yeah, so base okay, and I also just looked it up. Just basically for the all-star for like how the all-star voting works, is the starters are all fan votes, but then outside of that it like becomes like a two-round process that has like fans and coaches and player votes and stuff basically get everyone else so i don't know who else will do it i don't know who else i mean i i think that it's hater soto and tatis are probably your most likely guys to be all-stars yeah and maybe machado i mean the problem is machado could make make it in as a fan vote. that's the thing even though he's not playing that well yeah it's all I mean, we also got, what, like a month?
1: Got a month. Yeah, like, we so still have could... a month of All-Stars, yeah. Well, I-, I don't know when the All-Star voting is officially done, though.
0: Yeah, Bogarts could make it. Um, just because, I mean, like...
1: Short stuff South... haven't been that good this year.
0: No, I mean, Trey Turner's been bad. Bad. Like... So, Kim. I wonder how high Kim is. He's ninth. He's playing second base.
1: Yeah, he's ninth.
0: He's ninth. Okay, so he's uh, kind of up there.
1: Mm.
0: Probably not gonna make it though. Um mm. oh Ozzy, Ozzy will be a starter. So I mean that's probably it. Maybe Darvish, Darvish could easily make it. Waka could easily make it. I don't Snow know if he will. At, he you Snow at
1: this rate could get some votes.
0: Yeah, because the thing is it's it's a, a lot of it is just big name. Yeah, that's why Darvish is almost is always an all-star.
1: I mean, there's also like just super hot starts, like bro. Adam Frazier is trash, and he made an All Star game. Like yeah. we see that kind of stuff all the time. So, a really hot start, a really hot month, could get you into the All Star game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's no, true. All right, guys, I think that's all we got. Isaac, nothing else from you? No. All right, guys, we'll uh, we'll have another episode out um, probably tomorrow, and I don't think we'll have anything. Maybe we'll have like a short out on Wednesday. Um, and then we'll we'll do some series recaps and stuff uh, when that comes up. But thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back probably tomorrow with another video. So we'll talk to y'all then. Thank you guys for hopping on and and hopefully we keep seeing this offense kind of staying more consistent. Uh, obviously, a, a series in Colorado is not the best sample size for that, but I, I think this these next six games this week are are going to be a, a really good spot because you know you're going to leave this and right now you're only sitting two and a half games out you get up another game or two against a couple hot teams, you're feeling good all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden we might look up in two weeks and they're sitting in, an, in a wild card spot. So hopefully that's the case. Um, but it, it has been encouraging to watch this team lately and it doesn't feel as as like depressing and rough as it did like the last month before this. So thank you all for listening. Um, and we'll talk to you all soon. Have a great night and uh, go Padres.